0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, on what will be your Friday edition of Locked On Browns. Uh, we get into kickoff Saturday, 4 o'clock, obviously, versus the Indianapolis Colts, which uh, may, may, may you know have a little more spice to it after today. Uh, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts along, covering the biggest stories, Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound here on LLB. Uh, Pete, uh, obviously today, you know, you're going along, you hear some nice things, we'll get into a little bit more of the in, you know, within practice stuff, you know, Browns-wise, but it's certainly got... Fired up, and we went through this the other night talking about joint practices. There's some good that can come from it, Pete. There's certainly a bad aspect of it, and whether it was five, whether it was six today, things got going, things got popping, and not necessarily in a good way because you're always worried about you know somebody breaking a hand because I mean it's still punching somebody with a helmet on, and it to me is always will seem like one of the stupidest things in the world. But uh, it got going really good today. They canceled the special teams period. And this is one of the things, because the last thing you want is to lose somebody over something like this, over a practice in August. But, you know, sometimes guys will be guys, and you just cannot control it. And you get to a certain point where you're aggravated with somebody you don't know or you don't care about. You're going all in.
1: Right. Um, Look, I mean, there are... There is very little downside uh, for for this in the NFL. Um, In high school, with scrimmages, at least in the state of Ohio, if you get uh, ejected in a scrimmage for something, you know you're out week one. I mean, that's you know there's a real consequence there. And in the NFL, uh, I don't think guys are even fined for this stuff. It's basically up to the teams because it's a joint practice. It's not an NFL you know, necessarily, uh, run thing. So it's basically up to coaches and stuff to, to basically discipline or, you know, organizations or however, um, you know, if you get in a fight in your own practice and you take somebody out, uh, they can't help you. And obviously there's punishment for that. Obviously Freddie kitchens made guys, uh, get on the line and run when Chad Thomas and Farrell Brown started throwing down. I mean, if you, You know, one of those guys hurts the other. They can't help that. It can't help you. uh, You lose a practice body, whatever. Uh, If you go out and hurt a guy on the Colts, for in this example, um, you're not losing anything. And so there's almost like a an element of freedom in that standpoint. However, obviously, if you get injured, uh, that that's going to be the thing that hurts you. I mean, you you uh, may not get fined. You may not get you know, suspended or anything like that. But if you were to get a serious injury of some kind, uh, then that's going to be the biggest thing. But other than that, uh, that's the problem. I, that's, I, that's a big problem with this stuff is there's very little downside. And at that point, you know, it's coaches, how they choose to handle it. And, and even then it's almost like, I don't know how much, how much teeth, anything they can really threaten with other than cutting a guy can really happen, but they're, there is some element of that and and that obviously is has some risk that is can be very bad you obviously can have some serious injuries that result from basically just people getting angry uh, heated for a moment and then that's the end of it but that's you know that's sort of the risk it takes that's why you know there are people who debate whether uh, these are a good idea at all so you know but some teams see a lot of value in it obviously the Patriots are are uh, scrimmaging with the uh, Titans in the same manner. So, I mean, if you're looking at the, the Patriots are going, oh, well, they're smart. They, they must know what they're doing. Um, they engage in this stuff too. But, yeah, it's it's difficult to it, – there. there's so much upside in these type of practices, but it doesn't help you if you have to take – miss entire periods because of various issues like this.
0: It's it's August. Um, camp sucks, regardless whether it's on the high school level, whether it's on the college level, obviously on the NFL level. There's just too much testosterone around, and you know we we used to always joke around when we were when I was in college was if you didn't throw at least one punch in the month of August, even at somebody on your on your own team, it then you didn't really truly have camp because you get to that point where you're just so agitated and aggravated with everyone around you, and now but you get into this instance where it's you know people you don't give a you know a rat's ass about, you know, so it's going to happen. But, you know, for me, it's always the, you know, somebody gets caught in a scrum, Uh, it's an ankle, it's a knee. You never want it. Me, personally, I I don't know if I truly see the benefit of it. Um, But, of course, you know, like Pete said, Patriots, uh, guess what? They also had joint practices last week with the Lions. So, you know, there's always that caveat, uh, well, if the people who are really really good at what they're doing see some value in it, maybe there is value in it, but, you know, for me, it's just a – it, it's for me. It probably just isn't a way I would go. Uh, going into, but also there's a little bit more here. Look, uh, you know, Colts, you know, rebounded last year, revamped the roster, got Andrew Luck back. They made a wild card. Browns are getting a lot, a lot of you know, talk put on them. You know, uh, you know, and a lot of it positive. Uh, you know, m- maybe the Colts, you know, a little bit like, well, you know, do you all deserve all this? hype you're getting and so you know those words start popping back and forth and you know it, 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 it is football at the end of the day and you know sometimes you just you know, you're not going to hold back on either side and I think it was just a case of what happened today
1: yeah, I mean the, the biggest benefit is look if you have two full teams uh going at it you can get a bazillion reps because you can have, uh, you know, your first team defense going against an offense you don't know, while the first team offense is going against a defense you don't know, and, and you can get those twos and threes, a lot of reps uh, in that respect. So you know, it can be great, uh, but you know, the the this this type of stuff gets in the way, and and there's no value. And I think today they canceled the special teams portion, which is obviously one where. You know, that's where the Browns and, and a lot of teams obviously have a lot of jobs on the line. So by not being able to go out there and do that, uh, you know, there are guys who are sort of missing out on reps to sort of help their own cause, which is certainly not anything anyone really wants. But at the same time, this type of stuff does happen. So, you know, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, it's over. I, you know, I don't think they're practicing tomorrow. I, I, walk, I walk through, light walk through. tomorrow. And then so they can get on their right punishment the staff has but there's probably a little bit of an extra uh i mean be quicker thing gets out of control that type of stuff and then you can get into situations where you have uh, you know massive fines in that situation or uh ejections or whatever uh but they're going to get the game in one way or the other so you know uh i think that that's the other this is you know is for some guys um (coughs) be sort of uh established in their roster spot um you know a fight like this may get you out of some stuff uh so it can have a little nice little incentive i guess to sort of do this stuff so there's a lot of levels to it it's unfortunate uh that you don't get the whole practice in here because obviously that's super valuable but yeah i mean this is kind of the risk you take
0: yeah, well, there's always that, you know, there's always the old coach's line. Well, I mean, you ain't blocking anybody. You're playing like crap. But at least you fought like hell. So, I mean, you know, there's always that spot to it. Uh, Pete, uh, right guard position, and we'll get to this now. we got some other stuff here, guys. Look, uh, those of you who would like to be maybe the longer time frame shows, maybe you're going to get that here today. we got some good stuff to go on with. Uh, look, the right guard position, to this point, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, Eric, kush has taken this position and ran with it if you're grading on the curve eric kush may have the best grade to this point uh you know obviously you know uh kalis you know look uh you know obviously the concussion you know i'm not really sure if it was trending his way to begin with before he got hurt but you know obviously the head injury you know is holding him back at this point corbett it's it, I, don't, I think it's getting worse with austin corbett than before it's getting better um Enter Drew Forbes, and Pete, this was... The question with Drew Forbes is, everything was liked about Drew Forbes. The question is, you know, was he going to be able to make the the double jump? And guys, what I mean by this is going from the level of play he played, you put him to what would be, you know, uh, FCS, and then now to NFL, and we're going to see how this works out, Pete, because it seems like they want to get him an opportunity.
1: Well, I mean, look, this is... Uh, Freddie Kitchens has talked about this at length. He talked about it yesterday. Uh, he wants somebody to take the right guard job. And and, and while Eric Cush is taking a lot of the reps with the one, uh, that means he has not taken that job. And that doesn't mean he can't hasn't. Um, meanwhile, Austin Corbett is in massive disappointment territory uh, as a you know 33rd overall pick that seems to be relegated to a backup center at best. Uh, Kyle Kalis obviously hurt. Uh, and then Drew Forbes apparently in the preseason game against Washington to get a look. And, and, and you know, I think some of this may have stemmed from simply saying we want to get this kid to start going against the best to get, you know, to make sure he sees that, to, to see how he reacts to that, see how he deals with that uh, in terms of assignment, in terms of how well he reacts with his technique, because he's physically – uh, the prototype, you know, size, strength, speed, all those things. And he plays with a nasty demeanor. Now it, level of competition, obviously a concern. Uh, that's the reason he fell as far as he did, because if not for that, uh, he probably goes multiple rounds earlier, but he has, his upside is virtually unlimited by, you know, the type of athlete he is uh, and, and if he can show, well for himself and you know obviously they practice today uh they're going to go into the preseason game he will you know have have what i imagine will be a ton of reps um in that second preseason game especially if corbett is not pl- rotating at guard and if and kalis will be out that once you get kush off the field how whenever that happens and maybe they'll get him some reps with the ones uh for some reps with the ones again he may get most all the rest of the game uh to just get him as much experience as possible. Uh, but but the, the long play here is Drew Forbes has NFL uh, trait NFL physical traits that, you know, if, if he can get where he needs to go, he can play basically four spots on the line, uh, red guard obviously being the press, most pressing need now. Uh, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility that he could still end up a tackle at some point, um, you know, not this year. If he can be a guard, though, that would be, Fantastic. And obviously, you know, you draft a guy in, in round six, round five area, if he can come in and, and, and contribute immediately, that's, you know, that's a home run. Now, you know, hope, hope, we'll see, you you don't, don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but it is, it is good that he's at least shown enough that he's getting more of a look in some of these areas. So that's, that's positive. And hopefully, you know, he can rally, you know, and, and get a, get a flow going and, and get comfortable quickly um you know it's it's hard to know how guy how quickly a guy can you know adapt and evolve into while playing uh you know where you know a guy might benefit a little bit from being able to sort of catch his breath and see what's going on a bit more as opposed to having to get right in there and play but that you know so far so good we'll see if he can keep it going
0: well, this is part of why you hire the offensive line coach you did, who's got a great history and track record of, you know, developing offensive linemen. And as long as you give them, you know, A, B, and C, and you know, if they have enough to work with, he's usually able to kind of make something out of these guys. So that's one of the advantages of hiring James Campman. Um, somebody tried to come at me today when we, where there was a little Forbes talking. Oh, well, you guys complained about the Des Harrison thing last year. Completely different. One hundred percent different drew forbes for the level he played at went to a university committed to it did everything he was asked to do for four years des harrison skirted his way around everything his entire life and till this day and look we you know that one you know and for those who never want to you know give us our due and give us at least a couple of w's that was a major w Drew Forbes has been this guy. He's He's been the, I will show up, I will do what's asked of me, I will do a little bit more than asked of me, I will do extra, and I will give you everything I have. I will quit or, you know, I will either, you know, I will die trying. That's the way it works with him. So it, it, it's nice to see a guy like this get rewarded, and we talked about this. Although there were, you know, a lot of guys who had some track record as far as being in the NFL, we weren't really sure how deep it was after the first four. Um, you know, Kendall Lamb. You know, to this point, you know, we had you know some higher hopes. We'll see how it works out from this week. I don't know if there was much difference between him and Chris Hubbard, but we'll see how it plays out. But you want to see this, and if you could you know, if a sixth round pick turns out, and you know, if he turns out being better than the guy you took at thirty three, look, you just as much as it sucks to miss on thirty three, at least you hit on something somewhere else a year later. So it's it's just the way to look at that. But uh, yo, know, obviously
1: massive difference between the two situations. Last year, Des Harrison was essentially thrown in and basically said, here, you're the starter.
0: Here you go. You've never done anything your entire life. You've been handed everything. We're going to hand you now the biggest opportunity of your life on zero merit.
1: Well, I mean, I don't even care if he was, you know, did everything right his whole life. You're still saying, based because he, he was injured for the first half of camp, you're still basically saying, despite the fact that, uh, that you have not been able to even practice. You did not take a single rep with the first team in preseason. That we're going to go ahead and start you. That is not planning. That is a rational That is you know plan by you know playing uh, fast and loose. It's reckless on a whim. Whereas you're rotating Drew Forbes to get a few reps of the ones and seeing what he can do. The the the, the thing is, there's clearly a plan with what Freddie Kitchens and company are doing. Now you can make the case that, well, they should have their offensive lines set, settled on. And I think that would be ideal, but the thing of it is, it, it, you know, they aren't, it here's the difference. If, if they say, I mean, you know, Drew Forbes, you're going to, you're going to left tackle. You're starting week one, you're at left tackle. Then that would be far more, uh, apt or you're saying Greg Robinson, oh, you know, you're going to go ahead and go to right guard. Get ready for it. I mean, that's that's far more the, 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 the how they got here part of this is completely irrelevant to me. It's how you're planning to get these guys in there. You're not just throwing them in. You're getting a guy a few reps like what he did uh, in the preseason, you're not saying here's the job. That's, that's a terrible comparison.
0: But, look, either way, Drew Forbes has earned it. Um, And if it's through what he's done to this point and what some other people have not done to this point, um, roll with it. And, you know, obviously he's going to be one of the highlighted guys Saturday. It's, you know, a lot of eyes are going to be on Drew Forbes. And uh, looking forward to it and looking for the young man getting his opportunity. Support of Locked On Browns comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off now with free shipping using the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, roll on over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O, to get 20% off. I appreciate the folks over at Manscaped for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Pete, I was feeling a little nostalgic today of the older days of the way August worked and not just one crazy, nonsense, maniac, you know, 36 hours of everybody in the league dumping essentially 37 guys, and there used to be the cuts, and it was week three. So to this point, Pete, we're not going to go that heavy. Give me 10... Where, hey, it's been enough. We've seen enough. Let's move on from 10 guys. Give me just 10 that we think we're probably ready to go.
1: Uh, okay. So the first one I'll start with is Robert Jackson, the corner from UNLV. Um, I know his name. I, I you know, I'm trying to keep track of guys on special teams and stuff. I don't, I don't, I, see-
0: I, I think the only reason I know him is I think. Didn't Odell basically undress him to the point where he was naked uh on some
1: move <laughs> it may well be i mean i I have not seen him do anything worthwhile the fact that you know when I looked at the roster I had to remind myself he was on it uh i don't I don't think that's gonna you know get to a better situation uh than than it is currently so yeah I'd go ahead and, and cut that that cord um Offensive tackle Travis Vornkool. Uh, he, uh, I think he's from the Arena League or some or Canadian or something like that. Uh, he's you know basically the last offensive tackle here. He's undersized. He's you know not a great athlete. That's just be, that's just a matter of uh, him being you know sort of the, the most recent addition. Uh, Brandon Bryant, same deal. Uh, he has a nice athletic makeup. You know, I'd, like, I'd kind of like to see what it looks like on a football field. I think he's another CFL or arena guy. I think CFL. Um, he's an interesting three-technique uh, body, but I can't say I love anything I'm getting in that respect. Uh, I will go ahead and, and get rid of Brian Price at this point. Uh, I think they have too many nose tackles, uh, too many one techniques. I don't know. Uh, where that's going but they have some guys who can do a few things I think Devereaux Lawrence uh, obviously he came out injured I think he's gonna be okay yeah they uh, seem,
0: it seemed like they were nervous but it actually it seems like they think it's it's not going to be a long-term issue which is good because you know this guy it's you know he's already been through this
1: he can do both uh, obviously Larry ganjobi can do both uh, they have uh, a couple other guys in that in that line. Obviously, Daniel Equale, although I don't know if he even played the first preseason game, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen for Brian Price. Uh, Dorian Baker, uh, you know, I, I like the kid out of Cleveland Heights, but, I have, again, he's another guy I haven't seen do anything. He's got nice size. It certainly seems like Jalen Strong has won. Uh, or at least is certainly the front-runner in terms of that bigger-body receiver that could potentially uh, be in there for a month uh, in light of uh, Antonio Callaway's high ankle sprain and suspension uh, (laughs) that will be on the team, I think, for a little while. Uh, McQuan Dean, the tight end. uh, I think the Browns are more interested in Seeing if they can get something out of Rico gather, Gathers and his massive 6'6", 275-pound or 280-pound frame. Then mcquan Dean, who's more of an H-back, even though he's very athletic and very interesting. Um, Garrett Gilbert. Here's my thing. Don't it, you it, dare! <laughs> my issue with Garrett Gilbert is he can't go to the practice squad. So if he doesn't make the team, he's going to be a street free agent. Certainly they can call him up. Uh, but... If, if if that's the case, I'd rather see more from David Blau, who can go to the practice squad, and if they like him, they can put him there, than Garrett Gilbert, who may, may, made a couple nice throws in the first preseason game, but still not good. I mean, you're certainly not going, oh, Baker Mayfield can't go. We'll be fine with Garrett Gilbert. That is definitely not the case. Um Anthony Stubbs, small school linebacker. He's another guy I haven't seen really do anything. And that may be my complete ignorance of this issue rather than hit his lack of play. Uh, AJ Ouellette, again, this is more of a last person in first person out type situation. I know what AJ Ouellette is. I I personally would like to see more of him in the coming preseason game, but um,
0: there might be be a possibility though. I mean, Hilliard didn't participate today with a hamstring. uh, So, you know, it, there's going to be, you know, for me personally, I, I think you're going to need a vet, you know, uh, Why they're not bringing in a vet running back? Because nobody keeps thinking about this first eight weeks. But there could be a shot here for it's whether it's, you know, Ernest Johnson or A.J. Olette. So, somebody's going to get some run here. I, even if Kareem plays, you're not going to make Kareem Hunt play two quarters in a week two preseason game. They're not going to do that, are they? They can't do that.
1: I don't know about two quarters, but I could see him play a hell of a lot. Um, just by which reaching. is fine
0: because I'm actually the one thing is to actually just see Kareem just from the point of covering him. But I don't want to get off our topic here.
1: Yes, they, I mean it, it, that's the thing is I think they want to see more from Dearness Johnson. He's younger, uh, a little a little sleeker, uh, has more I think raw speed at that position, uh, more of a f- factor there. So where that ultimately comes. Uh, you know, the, the sort of 21 years old, um, I don't love a lot of the safeties on this team, but I'd like to see, I'd really like to see more of J.T. Hassel. Uh, I thought he, he acquitted himself very well in the first game, uh, flying around, making tackles. He looked like a linebacker that he was in college, so I'm kind of uh, interested to see more of him. And I think that's, that's 10.
0: If it's not ten, it's probably more than ten. You know, Pete. Uh, once he gets popping on a subject like this, we can get. Well, I should
1: point out that the person who had a hankering for dream smashing was not th- not this host. It was the other host. Go ahead and come up with ten guys to get to smash their dreams real quick for us. No I, problem.
0: I am just saying I wanted to equate it to the way NFL preseasons used to go. Because I just think the monotony of that Labor Day weekend is just insane. You get all this news, it's Saturday at 4 o'clock. And let's see, Well, if you're talking, what, 37 guys over 32 teams, do the math. At home people, these many people just lost their livelihood. And then there's how many scramble for it the next day. And you know what the best part is? is the Browns won't be, you know, <laughs> if they even add a name, maybe two at the absolute worst. But that's cool. And that's actually something I am really, really looking forward to uh, from that because, you know, I worked my ass off last year over Labor Day weekend trying to follow all that. And this year, I can be like the rest of the Cleveland media was that weekend, sitting back, doing my nails and, you know, enjoying Labor Day weekend, barbecuing, all that good stuff. No, it's not dream smashing, Pete. It was a little reminiscent of the way things used to be.
1: Uh, Crushing the hopes of these kids.
0: It's it's going to happen sooner or later, Pete. And, look, it's also the difference of what it was a year ago as opposed to now where it's, you know, you're going to have to let go of some really, really good players. Uh, I will always talk about Zabo Apparel. Veteran-owned company, quality shirts, good design. I love the color schemes. I love everything I do. Um, guys, get yourself geared up. Get ready for Sundays, Sunday nights, Monday nights, uh, primetime affairs, Zabo Apparel. Uh apparel.com obviously, uh, located out of a stores there. Um, one of my favorites. Check them out, guys. They do great, great stuff. Now, Pete, obviously, after Thursday night against the Redskins, and then now, obviously, you know, today, you know, this started popping again. Pete, I brought this up after the, after the post-game show with the Giants last year, the week one preseason. Baker at Oklahoma – They operated so quickly and at such a quick pace. And you saw, you know, everything was happening. And as soon as, you know, before plays were even done, as soon as Baker's part of the assignment was done, it was back to the sideline. What's going on? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Is it maybe time to start thinking that maybe, you know, and I don't want to say straight no huddle and, you know, two-minute all the time. But, you know, I know years ago when the you know the Bills did it, they kind of called it the huddle away where you kind of had your personnel on the field, you saw it was there, and you went from there. But if this is something that Baker's really good at, and it's not that he can't dummy it down and go from, the, you know, the old traditional huddle, is it something maybe you should start looking into more and maybe using it a little bit more to your advantage?
1: Well, we talked about this on multiple uh, – yep. Both pre-game and post-game, and and no, you don't do this all the time. But what you do is you use tempo as a weapon. Occasionally, you just say, "Look, we're going to come out in this drive. And we're going to go lightning fast. We're going to fly. We're going to try to get them, you know, try to get them off balance quickly. We're going to try to, you know, keep the same defense on the field all the whole time, wear them out, and, and and go quick offense. You cannot do that over and over and over again. It's unrealistic. You don't have enough active players." To do that, uh, you know, you're going to wear out some of your guys. But every so often, you know, you can lull teams to sleep by doing certain things. And all of a sudden you go, we're going to go freaking fast right here and we're going to catch them off guard. Uh, And and it can work very well. And certainly they did look comfortable. And obviously, you know, the Browns told them they were going to do it uh, ahead of time uh, per the uh, quarterback's coach. But, uh, yeah, that becomes a weapon. And, and you think that killing the game, you know, if they're in hyperspeed on, uh, you know, the, the defense is still sort of their thought process is, well, they, they could go speed at any moment. They have to sort of play. They have to get in and out a little bit faster. They may align quick more quickly and make some mistakes from that angle. So there are a lot of things you can do. That I think that's absolutely a weapon. I think it should be in the arsenal. And I have to assume that by virtue, you know, I I'm called it, tried to make it a two-minute warning type situation or whatever, even though they took 213, but that that should be absolutely a weapon. I don't care what level of football you play at. It's, being able to operate quickly at times and control the tempo of the game and do, do things you want at others um, is absolutely something you can do. Anything you do that takes over the game on your side of the ball is great.
0: Uh, and that's the advantage. That's the advantage. You have Baker, who's 24 years old at a second-year quarterback. Odell, Jarvis, and all of this, this talent. I mean, you know, A, you want to get these guys as many targets as possible. And if this is one way where you can run five, six, you know, five to ten more plays a game where you have all this talent that you want to get involved, you'd be stupid. I mean, a, a, absolutely stupid not to do it. I understand there's times where you're going to have to base it on your defense and how many snaps they've taken. Hopefully... There will be part of rotating a little bit more in your defensive line, so you're not gassing out your good players there. But it's something you absolutely have to look into and take advantage of it because you're good in that respect. Uh, question here, Pete. Bangles, uh, Christian Westerman, I you know, I don't know. I'm not going on the trip. Uh, apparently nobody's sure whether or not he wants to play. Pete, this Bangles situation just gets uglier with each passing day.
1: Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's impossible to know what's in a guy's head. If this is a, I'm just fed up with my situation. Uh, I know there are Bengals fans that I, I, you know, Bengals people who cover the team or fans, whatever. Our buddy Joe
0: Gerberry, uh, Joe Gerberry, who uh, obviously is one of the Locked On ba- Bengals hosts. He's one of them. Like it's, it seems like a head scratching moment, or maybe this is him saying I've had enough of this head scratching moment.
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, some of those guys, I know Brian Bosarge is a guy, I, you know, I, I talked to on some of the stuff is, is they basically keep coming back to the fact that every time Westerman's ever played, he's looked good and and they're always confused why he hasn't been playing more. So is it theoretically possible that it's more of a, I'm I'm fed up with this. I want to go somewhere where I have, you know, a legitimate shot or is it a situation where, you know, you're just not sure if you love the game enough to keep pushing yourself or your body or whatever. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it, yeah, it's a nightmare scenario for the Bengals. You are hemorrhaging offensive linemen at this point. You had Clint Bowling retire. You obviously lost General Williams. Uh, you might lose Westerman uh, with this. It's, it, nothing is going well for the Cincinnati Bengals right now, and it's a team that had to have everything go right, uh, you know, and nothing on the offensive side of the ball has gone right. So it's bad, bad.
0: Uh, and, again, you did not draft a quarterback. Zach Taylor, if you really wanted this head coaching job, God bless you, man, because uh, this is a task where, <laughs> I mean, it just looks impossible. And, you know, I've talked about, and I think the Bengals will be drafting in the top five. Uh, I'm almost to the point now where I think the Bengals could possibly be drafting number one overall. This is just how bad it looks. You know, from and this just isn't a Browns thing. This is complete just NFL from the outside looking in. This thing looks like an absolute recipe for an absolute crap fest for what's going to go on Cincinnati this season. Um, the fullback position, Pete. Uh, we weren't sure about this on Orson Charles. Now these practices, they seem to have been using it a little bit. I guess this is going to be something where if they're truly going to use a fullback, I guess we're going to find out in the next two weeks if that's something they truly are going to add here. But again, it could even be something that's just week one while you wait for gathers, who you know, who maybe they have hopes for. So we got about like a three or four week wait and see approach here on you know whether it's fullback, whether you know it'll be another tight end who plays some fullback. But this was a question that was asked.
1: Um. Joe, you know... How do you say it? Can, can, can Carriage. Yes. It's definitely Carriage. Is it Joe Carriage? I think it's Joe, Joe Carriage. yes. Uh, he is the old school, you know, uh, take on the freaking boss block, uh, you know, you know, break a face mask type fullback, uh, you know, that's far more traditional than Orson Charles ever was. And... Uh, they may want to get every look they can with a guy like that and decide if that's a venture worth taking versus maybe they you know, we'll see if he we'll see if he lines up there with versus a guy like Trayon Gray who's a little more uh, unorthodox. He's got the size of a fullback, but he's obviously got top line speed, uh, versus, you know, more of these H back types, which would include include Seth Devolve, uh McQuan Dean, those type of guys were more move type players as opposed to you know, getting an eye formation and freaking pound the ball downhill. So it's unclear where they really want to go. Uh, they may, you know, it may be, they, they're just going to see what they like better right now, but they have a little bit of everything and they they have gotten a good, you know, they've gotten a little bit of these looks and, and I guess Joe carriage is, you know, done, done well. Certainly there are elements in the, uh, you know, state media that love him, uh, you know, because of the stuff, you know, because of the stuff, that type of stuff, apparently at one point he was practicing without a helmet, uh, which is borderline psychotic, but whatever. Uh, they, they're going to have, you know, every end of the spectrum on the blocking back situation. It's going to be a question of who do they like best. I still long for the days of Seth the Devo- or Rob, uh, the superback Dan Vitale, who could do all these things, and we had him, and we let him go, which I still don't understand. Uh, but the, yeah, living the good life
0: in the in the, in the uh, over with uh, Green Bay, and it seems like he's going to be a keeper there.
1: Right. So well, I'm curious, and it, you know, it's another. Super, they may not like any of them. They may not have that guy on their roster right now, but at least for the moment, they've got every s- style they can look at.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. You know, obviously, and, and Gray is another one of those guys, and that could be some of that maybe could fill fill in. But still, I, I do see, I do think it's very weird that they may need a running back on this roster for Week One, and that guy is not here yet. Uh, Pete, one of the rough things about today, um, Reese Fountain out of Northern Iowa, second-year wide receiver, and this is nothing you ever want to see, but uh, you know, and him to a nasty dislocated ankle. Now, this was a guy with a a lot of promise out of Northern Iowa. Never got, you know, I think it was Combine. He got snubbed on, which he probably deserved. Um, But these are the shit you hate to see in August, man. You don't want to see anybody. You know, you you don't want to see it. I mean, because this dislocated ankle and broken ankle. I mean, this could, that could be a dream killer. Back to dream killers. That could be a dream killer right there.
1: Yeah, um, it's a gruesome injury. It's very difficult to come back from. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you don't want a guy hurt ever, but it really sucks when it's you know exhibition. You know, it's a guy who needs to, you know go out there and and, uh, and you know that may have wiped out, which is just you know the worst. So you know, hopefully, you know he can get uh, he can has a good. Plan a good treatment situation, and and he can hopefully get back. But, you know, first and foremost, I hope everything goes okay. We're going to have to do in terms of the operation that's going to take place to to set everything right. That's never where you want to be. Yeah,
0: and, you know, and when they say, you know, I mean, anytime surgery is imminent, you know, it lets you know how bad it is uh, because normally there's a a lot of, you know, let's let the swelling settle down and then we'll go in there and do what we got to do and let you know that it's a bad situation. But he was a guy that, you know, draft guys – we all loved because you know we always find those couple of small school guys that everybody seems to like, and I mean I know him well because you know in the FBS playoffs he played uh, against my alma mater Mammoth, and you know I was there to watch Reggie White jr who had a good game, and I came away from that but you know obviously this was Reggie this was two two falls ago Reggie White had a nice game as everybody knows. i mean uh Yeah, Reggie White, obviously my guy. But uh, Reese Fontaine was the star of the show, and you saw a legitimate, legitimate player, and, you know, having the bat take out of your hands always sucks. Pete, obviously we know Odell. Obviously we know Jarvis. Obviously we know our boy Richard Higgins and Roto World. Let's not just say Richard Higgins has solidified the number three role. Uh, If anything, it's 2A, 2B. If anything, Roto World, so get that right. Uh, Derek Willis, obviously we think he's going to stick around because even, you know, what I mean, Ratley's sort of back by dressing, but not back. I think Jalen Strong, I mean, he's he may not just be here. He may be a contributor. And look, it's it, it was never anything with Jalen Strong. It was just that for his time in the NFL to this point, he's not done anything. He's probably looked the best of his NFL career the last couple of weeks than he ever has for the years he's been in this league.
1: Uh, yeah, I I don't know what that means for him, but yeah, I think I mean, well, I mean it means translated
0: into something, obviously. But I mean, I mean look look good Thursday night, and we'll see on t- on you know Saturday. But uh,
1: I think he has you know, short of falling apart, I think he has guaranteed himself four weeks of a job Uh, at the very least. I think the Antonio Callaway situation has opened a door for him to to get first and foremost get him a lot more practice reps than, than maybe he was going to get uh, look good in opportunities he's had in the preseason game I think he caught a, he, he definitely caught up a couple of balls one of them was wide open on a drag made the most of that uh, but he looks functional uh, I, I you know I don't think you want him more than a fourth or fifth receiver but that's all the Browns need him for for the moment but whether it's Callaway's situation or you know the, if that becomes you know, uh, that doesn't get better or he, you know, something else happens. He may have a longer opportunity, but yeah, I mean the, but the biggest thing is you mentioned is Damian Ratley is at least was practicing lightly, I guess. I, I don't know how much he did, but that's a guy who, you know, they need him to get healthy and, uh, get in there and, and, and get reps and see, see if he's worth doing it because he obviously has the size and speed, uh, to be a field stretching type guy and and you know can do some of the special teams thing because Jalen Strong does not do anything on that angle. Uh, you know I saw him take a couple units, a couple uh, punt, punt situations, punt return, and he was pretty dreadful. So uh, that you know being limited in that role hurts you in terms of uh, some of the versatility because like a guy who I mentioned at the beginning of camp because of his. Uh, athletic profile production and the fact that I thought coming from a small school, it might take him to a little bit to get accustomed to it, but it seems like that has happened. And he's starting to really put together a lot of good practices uh, in a row is uh DJ Montgomery from Austin P who had a nice preseason game first preseason game in his own, right? Certainly looked good on that fade uh, that back shoulder yep. throw and some of those things. So, you know, there's a lot of guys who can sort of make some noise, but the problem is, you know, they're they're, they're running out of time to do it. So we shall see. But you know, you're effectively keeping—if they keep six receivers, they're effectively keeping seven because of Antonio Callaway.
0: And it may cost somebody, but look, I mean, Jalen's strong to come here and contribute a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, there'll always be teams looking for some something. Um, also, um, this maybe tells you more of what you need to know about number six behind center. Uh, you know, he can put the shine on a turd, so to speak. And sometimes don't always think, oh, well, these receivers are really that good. Uh, you know, take whatever body, put it in there. They run the route. If they're open, six going to find him. Six going to help them make the play. It's probably more that than it is some of the other stuff. Uh, one last one here, Pete. And obviously, and this is good because we weren't doing this a lot when this player came out. And I, and I did kind of find it funny the way it came out. The Vikings, Pete, maybe feel it's okay that they can go ahead, and maybe now trade Laquan Treadwell. I do feel bad because I don't think La-Tron- Laquan Treadwell ever got back what he lost from that injury, and it was a heinous injury. I'm sure if everybody remembers it, it was LSU, it was Ole Miss, it was absolutely disgusting. But uh, you know, I mean, basically saying, oh, well, I guess we're going to have to move on from this first round bust. A Pete, where were you on him? No, obviously we know the Browns aren't interested. C, do you think there's any life left in Laquan Treadwell's NFL career?
1: I was loud on Laquan Treadwell and I loved him in college. Uh, Yep. He was a nice and
0: it was part of that, you know, that old miscontingent. And actually the only and go figure, the guy who had the had the video shown of him gas masking bong rips during the night of the draft was the one that turned out to be the freaking star.
1: Yeah, so when the Bronze traded down, yeah, obviously, multiple times in that draft, I was hoping it would be either Taylor Decker or Laquan Treadwell. Taylor Decker would have been great, Laquan Treadwell not so much. Obviously, they took Corey Coleman. That hasn't didn't work out for them either. Uh, but, yeah, it's been obviously an unmitigated disaster for Laquan Treadwell with that injury. He just could, can't, you know, just physically not able to separate the way he needs to be able to and just has not gone well for him. So it's been uh, a pretty big disaster uh, in terms of that respect, because that was obviously a draft with a ton of talent. Uh, and, and you know, they missed out on it. So, yeah, I mean, he he was a guy, I loved the physical play he had in college. He was a guy who's really strong, would just, you know, catch the ball and would run through tackles, that type of guy. Uh, was not, you know, was not a guy who uh, felt like he had to run around people to create with his route running. He was a guy who was willing to run through you, uh, if very physical route runner, those type of things. So, uh, yeah, I thought he could be really good, and and clearly giant whiff.
0: Yeah, he he portrayed that he was going to be like the perfect, like number two. Like I mean, if you you know, because like he would have done the dirty stuff. It would have been the slant on third and four, and he would have dragged and gotten seven or eight. And I mean, it is a shame because I think a lot of it. I mean, there were some questions about who he was and even his draft process it was, you know, firing agents, it was hiring new agents, it was firing training staff, and that usually does not bode well. But I think a lot of it was is just the young man lost some of the physical, God given ability he had due to a heinous injury and stuff like that. Just absolutely sucks. Um Browns Maven Pete, what's the latest here as we start to put a wrap on this?
1: Uh, So today I did one article talking about the offensive line. Uh, Obviously we covered the red guard spot quite a bit. Uh, I did think it was interesting that Kendall Lamb got some first team reps uh, at right tackle, Um, whether that's based on something or just trying to give him a look or trying to, you know, get a little extra motivation for,
0: uh, well, I mean, competition, motivation, let's go everybody, man. I mean, uh, we want the best five.
1: Right. So, you know, I, I will, I'll be curious to see if that picks up any steam there. And then I did another article talk as, you know, Austin Seibert, uh, has been putting together a series of solid practices, uh, instead of being like two or five and laughing stock bad, it's been, you know, four or five, four or five, four or five, four or five, five. And then, you know, the last practice, you know, they didn't kick today, but because the practice was abruptly ended, but they did yesterday. It was five of five. Uh, so,
0: As well as Greg Joseph.
1: Yes, he has not beaten Greg Joseph in a day yet, but he at least looks like he's providing a semblance of looking like an NFL kicker, providing some competition, and obviously they've got about three weeks, uh, a little under that, and if he can keep that momentum going, he, he he might go from a guy we thought was a lock to get the job by virtue of his track to a guy we thought might get cut to find more competition to a guy who might end up Come, get winning this job at the wire. Uh, Greg Joseph is far more steady any type has been far more consistent, but uh, it's good to see the improvement from Seibert, who was booed at a freaking scrimmage. Uh, so credit to him uh, sticking Welcome with. Cleveland. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know where this is going to ultimately go, but it was just interesting that this has sort of been a thing that hasn't really been talked about, but he has been very good.
0: Yeah, it's it definitely weird because it was like, it was so covered and it's, it was just weird from the fact that it was like, okay, let's find Austin Soberts, Austin Cyber's next miss. And now that the kid's kicking well, it's kind of like nobody's talking about the, the kicking aspect of it in any way whatsoever. Uh, Pete, obviously I know you're busy here, but uh, you know, players getting back to school, nor- back to a little bit of a normal routine. League-wise, Browns-wise, anything we didn't touch on?
1: No, uh, you know it's all about the preseason games going on today. Uh, you know you've got Kyler Murray going against Oakland, uh, which they're it's not going well right now for them. But uh, there's any, uh, of them, that, any of them. gone the Raiders are up ten nothing. They they went right down the field with Derek Carr and scored. And, and uh, Arizona's going to be bad. They're going to be bad. They might be fun, but they're bad. They can't block. Um, so. Yeah, that you know, it's been. It seems like it's been a relatively quiet day on that end, purely because of uh, nobody's doing too much when when they've got games going on.
0: Uh, and you know, obviously look, and this is where we're at here obviously you get to that Thursday, Friday, Saturday slate um, which we're all looking forward to because we need it. it, gets us back to more to the normalcy uh, ways to help Pete ways to help me, um, I'll start with me here the iTunes rating reviews uh, make sure you're subscribed, drop a written review drop a five star thank you uh, at BrownsMaven on Twitter make sure you're following over there uh, BrownsMaven.com, Pete's got a lot more coming, a lot more in the hopper as we get closer to September. You guys are going to see a lot more activity, you know, out of the site, out of the account. Pete's excited about it. Uh, Pete deserves the opportunity. Uh, looking to see how it all, you know, plays out in that respect. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. I do appreciate it. Uh, follow both accounts. DMs are open. Anything you guys want on the show, anything you want to ask, I'm trying to do best to keep up with everything. Uh, if you guys are all going to sit down for you know 30 to 30 minutes to an hour a day with us, the least I can do is try to help you guys out in that respect. So I appreciate it. I'm going to put a bow on this here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.